scandalous, but she's also fabulous. Scandalous. 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 If you don't know, now you fucking know. Scandalous. Notorious. She's so scandalous. Now. Oh, so sold out. Ghost, Cradle of Filth, Typo Negative, just a few awesome fully licensed band collabs that are always coming out on rockabilia.com. The biggest online merch store, period. I love their collection of tie-dye, oversized tees, and pro tip, because you're going to need this, use the search bar for quick band merch lookup, because they literally have every band. And for a discount, use code SCANDALOUS for 15% off. Again, it's SCANDALOUS for 15% off at rockabilia.com. S-C-A-N-D-A-L-O-U-S. He doesn't do one thing. He does all the things. And for someone who has been very into keeping the joy and the peace in her life lately, I couldn't possibly be happier to be talking to my next guest, Nathan Aurora. The internet has spoken and we choose you. Brightening all of our days with his reggae covers, front man of Ayaterra, clothing company owner, husband, and soon to be proud daddy. All the things. How's it going? <laughs> such a sick intro thanks for that um, i mean yeah i that makes me a little exhausted but you know do you want to is there anything i'm leaving out i'm sure i i'm sure there is i'll take it i'll take getting showered in compliments thank you for that yeah um, absolutely i'm doing great thanks for having me i'm stoked to be a part of your podcast so it's an exciting time for you right now baby on the way do we know if it's a boy or a girl do we have any baby names that we like yeah, we do. So it's a boy. We found out a couple of months ago. It's a boy. Um, nice. su- super stoked. And his name's going to be Joel Malcolm. Cute. Yeah. Is that your own independent name? Is that like a family name or anything? Uh, Joel is my middle name. And we gave him the middle name Malcolm after Mac Miller. We're both big Mac Miller fans. Aww. Yeah. I love that. That's so happy. But it's like there's an unintended pun in there because his middle name is Malcolm. So like for those of us from the 90s, we all think Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fuck, all right. I guess that's going to be his whole life. But hopefully in his generation, Malcolm in the middle will be a thing of the past. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So I love like a love story. How did you and your wife meet? Um, my wife and I actually met at a reggae festival. Um, and it's, confirm. I mean, I right. believe that about you, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, uh, eight years ago, I think it's 2015. What is it? Yeah, eight years. Um, and it's crazy because our baby's due date is the week following that festival. But my my wife has a crazy intuition that the baby's going to come on that weekend. So I'm just like wild. Well, whatever she says, I believe her. The same. Absolutely. Same as women just, are always right about everything. Yo, I already knew that women were the superior uh, gender, but like having a pregnant wife just confirms it because like when you see that miracle of like um, pregnancy and childbirth and stuff firsthand, I'm just like, if men were responsible for repopulating the race there, we would have been gone a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not typically a reggae girl, but I love the way that you do it. So how did you find reggae music and what's kind of your love story with that genre? Right. Um, I, so I grew up playing metal and hardcore and, um, you know, my whole life I started playing music when I was 10 and started a band right away. So all of my stuff was always like started with punk and then it got into like the post-hardcore stuff and bands like Devil Wears Prada and like Under Oath and stuff like that. And then, when the whole deathcore craze came about in like 2008, 2009, um, my band 
shifted into a deathcore band. And so we did that for a number of years. And that whole time back when I was in high school, I always loved reggae as well. Um, but all of my friends were all metal guys. You know what I mean? My band was all metal guys and the scene that I was in, it was all metal and core and emo and stuff like that. Um, but I always loved reggae. I, I think I found sublime or slightly stupid or kind of this American reggae thing back when I was in high school, I was a big stoner at the time. Um, just to tell the internet, which I think might take them by surprise. I actually don't smoke weed. So I get a lot of comments all the time that are like, dude, I'm high just looking at you. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you should talk to your doctor because I am not getting you high. Um, but anyway, so I loved both. I was smoking a lot of weed. I found reggae. I fell head over heels in love with reggae. And I just always had this love affair where I was in a metal band. All my metal band homies talked shit about my love for reggae. Um which eventually came around because my keyboard player now in Ayaterra is also, he was my keyboard player of the, the deathcore band. Um, but I, I was in love with both um, on, for, for a lot of my life, for the majority of my life. And um, I moved to California in 2012 to pursue like college and shit because our band wasn't really going anywhere. I think we smoked a little too much weed. So um, our goals were a little bit hazy. So it, it eventually just kind of we had our heyday and then it started slowing down. And I said, all right, I thought I was 20 years old and I thought I had missed my time in the, in, to, to, to get famous. It's so funny looking back at it, but <laughs> I, like, I don't know if it was around the time where like, I don't you, you know, Miss May I, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Levi was when I launched the scandalous brand, uh-huh. like I'd been known for it. Like that was my music industry nickname for years, right. but right. my first interview, um, as I launched, like my nickname as a brand was with Levi. Oh, that's so cool. And it was the cutest, funnest, sweetest, hymnist GM. Like I was nervous as fuck. Right. It was like all, I was all independent. So I was just yeah. making up my own thing. Good. That's how you start, you know? Yeah. And it was, but it was just like, you know, I, I remember being in my car and being like, okay, we're ready. We got this. Right. 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 I, I remember my like eight mile moment of like, that's good though. Like okay, I would here say, we go. Like, you yeah. got to be nervous. And like, that's how, you know, you're pursuing things that are worth a shit. You know what I mean? It's like to Absolutely. get nervous about things. But the reason I bring them up is because I, you know, they were blowing up at the time when I was maybe like 15, 16 and we did a show with them. Um, and they were all like fresh out of high school when that first record started popping off for them. They were like, I think one of them was like still in high school because they blew a tire and my singer went to go pick them up and we were opening for them at a small show in Las Vegas where I'm from. And um, so they were kind of like an example to me because I was like, fuck, man, all my favorite bands get famous at like 18. You know what I mean? So like when I was 20, I was so ignorant and I thought that I had like missed my shot. So I was like, all right, better go try the the, you know, responsible thing and go to college and try and like. And I was working at fucking Hot Topic and just smoking weed and playing metal music until I was 20. And then I tried to get serious about life. I moved to California. I enrolled in college uh, and I was without a band for the first time in my life um, for like 10 years, you know, in like 10 years. And I that ha- that was like six months. And then I met my bass player, Viatera, and we started this thing. And um, that's where the reggae, the reggae career started. Wow. Okay. So number one. Like, I don't know if everyone knows this, but all your favorite metal musicians, hardcore bands, everyone, I guarantee you, they don't just listen to metal. They love hip hop and they love pop and they love country. Right. So I just think that was less known back then. Yeah. But like your heaviest metal dudes are not listening 
to Slayer every night on their bus, like right. when they get off stage, just so yeah. you know. But that's like, but back then, not everyone knew that. So it was kind of like a funny, funny misconception. Like you have to be hardcore all the time. Like well, I also metal like metal all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think you said it wasn't like that back in the day, but I, I think it's like a natural progression of life too, of like, these guys are getting older, you know, uh, we're all getting older. And as you grow up, like you start to branch out, you, you stop your gatekeeping as much as you did in your youth, you know, cause when you're young, you're like, dude, it's fucking, I, you're not hardcore enough or you're not metal enough or whatever. But as you get older, you start to just naturally give less shits what anybody else does. And also about yourself. So you, you you find some new genre of music and you pursue it. You know what I mean? And then also like you think about these guys, they've been playing in metal and hardcore bands their whole life. Like they need to, they need something to excite them because you can't listen to the same stuff for forever. You know? Absolutely. Well, that's so true. So I started off like when I was in high school, like Hinder, Buck Cherry, right. Roach. Right. Yeah. Like those were like good friends of mine when I first started going to shows and then like staying. But then I got bored. So I got heavier and heavier. Right. And then I got into metal and then I got into heavy metal. Right. And I got into like really heavy metal. Yeah. And then once I got into death metal, I like just started listening to folk music because I needed <laughs> something different. It's a thing, dude. It's a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I went like, death metal to folk for a really long time yeah. and then just like chill out and like there's lots of pop and you know lots of country i love too so yeah. it's weird too because you know what we take on the identity of the music that we listen to and um it just it gets you know like we we need to branch out we need we, it gets old after a while like there's a lot of like uh, most of the reggae guys we're not listening to that much reggae either. We've been playing reggae for 30 years. We've heard all the old school shit. We know all the new relevant bands. It doesn't scratch the same itch as someone who's kind of just getting into the music and getting enthralled with it. You know what I mean? And it reminds me of this quote too. Um, the band Rings of Saturn did a cover of Suicide Silence like maybe 10 years ago or something. I think it was a tribute to Mitch or maybe it was when Mitch was still alive. And um, at the end, they included a small sample of Mitch talking and he was like, I don't really listen to much metal or death metal um, because I'm in that scene. I don't want to be influenced by anybody else that I'm in the scene with. He's like, but there is this band rings of Saturn. That's fucking sick. And that's how they ended the cover. It was sweet. Wow. Well, don't make me cry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. Cool. That actually like, Oh my gosh. Oh. Cool stuff. That is. It's, <laughs> I'm a woman. I'm like, Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I have a pregnant <laughs> wife. I know what it's like to to watch someone <laughs> cry over something sentimental. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was hilarious. It's very funny. Uh, what will hit you, make you sentimental? Like I saw him live a few times before he passed. Yeah. Um, it was really probably actually like thinking back to like thinking about how he performed was probably like I still remember how he performed. Me too. And it was like, so I wasn't so into suicide silence, like at that time. Mm -hmm. And they were a little bit heavier than I was when I was watching them. But now where I am at my musical taste now, like now I'd be like, and I I still remember how much like he didn't give a fuck. Like he fucking like rocked and I've never seen like not rock, but like he metaled so hard. Like I, I had just like, I can still like kind of play that. This just kind of unlocked a memory for me of, I remember like how intense and how 
heavy he was on stage. Just fucking commanding. Like he. Oh, thank you. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm like, what are the adjectives here? I'm like, ah. he was, it was like when it's suicide silence, it's time to go on stage. Like all eyes on Mitch as he just fucking leads this room into like this heavy metal vibe. It was so we opened for them a couple of times in their heyday. When the, when the cleansing came out, I was like a 16, 17 year old punk ass kid driving around the house parties, just head banging with all my friends to the cleansing. And um, we were like one of the go-to bands in Vegas where I'm, where I'm from that when national tours would come through, you know, there was a handful of like five to seven local bands. They would always throw on the shows, you know? So we got to open for everybody, man. It was a really fucking fun time to be a teenager um and so we opened for them maybe five or six times all with mitch and so i got to see him a lot do his thing man you know and it was it was just a special time and i remember when he passed it was so heavy i bought the t-shirt and everything you know i'm a diehard suicide silence guy and one other thing i really specifically remember about like being around him and kind of watching him star power like people who have it yeah it's like that elvis baldy like i remember specifically it was yellow wolf like I remember watching Yellow Wolf like backstage at like a metal festival. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Elvis. And it was <laughs> just this like this attitude. Yeah. That like not even like it's not even a front end thing. Like not all front end have it. Like he had it. And yeah. it was just like palpable. And I was like, okay, rock star. I honestly think that's why they will go down in history for like kind of paving the way to a genre. It's like, obviously all those guys are fucking incredible. I'm a big fan of like Mark and and Chris and all the other suicide silence guys. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mitch had something about him that wasn't that common in metal, you know, like for the longest time too, metal was so anti image, like nothing want, like you were supposed to be like, we don't give a fuck about our image. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But Mitch kind of brought this element of being like, it almost like in a weird way is a poppy element where you have this super dynamic, like star power front man that unites people and brings people who typically would never listen to something that heavy into a genre because the way that Mitch carried himself, you know? Absolutely. And there's something funny that you said a few minutes ago that kind of struck me because it is so true. Like you have your own clothing company, which we're going to talk about in depth, right. but it is so funny how like, what you listen to and like the art that you listen to and like the clothes that you put on your back, like you really identify it. And that's like such a big part of like, you know, branding and Mm -hmm. business and life, you know, like I had my own merch and like, I just posted today for like rockabilly and it's like such an attitude. It's really interesting. Right. How we consume things and like how we perceive things of like, okay, I'm going to buy this because this is my personality. Totally. Kind of, I don't know, it's just like kind of a funny psychological thing that you just said. And I was yeah. like, ah. We do yeah. take on identities, you know? We do take on the identities. And that's kind of why it's crazy because you see people that are unwilling to kind of um, expand their identity. They've stuck to this one thing. And you can't blame them. It's a human thing to do, you know what I mean? But like, trust me, since my videos started going crazy on the internet, there's so many metal guys or whatever that are like, they're so protective of a certain band or a genre. And I get that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That some people never move, like never grow out of the gatekeeping thing there that this band means so much to them. This one specific band or this one genre means so much to them that they feel that it's their duty to like protect it at all costs. And I respect it in a sense, but it's crazy because I feel like one of the beautiful acts, aspects of life is being able to like experience as much shit as we can. So why trap yourself in a box, you know? There is not one single artist that wouldn't be stoked that you were reimagining their songs and their right. lyrics. Right. There's not, 
there's not one single band on this planet. Right. Like, a, like, it's so weird how people think of it because for me, like, it's just for fun, dude. Like, I'm not trying to like <laughs> change your band or like be better yeah. than a band. Like, I would ne- it's just for fun. It's combining two musics that I love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally just for an Instagram video, you know? Yeah. But some people come in and they're like, why would you do this to the original? Like, it's sacred. And it's just like, okay, I get it. I respect it. But like, we're just having fun here, man. Like, lighten up. You know what I mean? So I wanted to know a little bit about you growing up. So where are you from and what kind of kid were you? Did you like school? Wanted to know a little bit about you growing up. Cool. Uh, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada, born and raised. Um, And I was a little punk ass kid with jet black hair and um, smoked cigarettes out front of the school parking lot and went to like 20% of all my classes. Um, <laughs> I was the worst student that's ever fucking existed. Uh-huh. I fell in love with music really early. Um, and it was all heavy music. My first, my buddy showed me Metallica when I was like nine or 10, his older sister had given him the reload album and it was just fucking over for me. And um, I was just so into like, the persona of like rock and roll, don't give a fuck, like, you know, be rebellious and stuff like that. And it just took me over at a really young age. Um, and so I just fully embodied the like rebellious, don't give a fuck rocker attitude my whole life. Um, but you know, as I get older, I start to like, I like to think that I'm just leveling out. I live like a pretty, like I kind of live like an old man these days. Like I'm in bed by like nine 30. I'm up to exercise at like six 30 AM. I'm like always working. And, um, it's just funny how life balances itself out like that, you know? Absolutely. I think, um, the pandemic made us all a little bit older. Yeah. I feel like I grew up a lot during it. Um, strange times, man, strange times. I mean, I got married, right. Like towards the tail end of the pandemic and uh, now we got the baby on the way and uh, I just have a much more laser focus on my career and um, my circle of friends and things like that, you know? Wonderful things. All, all in balance, right? Yeah. If you're a listener of this podcast, you know I live in Austin, Texas. If you follow me on social media, you know I'm always at my favorite local metal venue. Come and take it live. The best venue layout where you can mosh in the pit if you want to, or you can watch the show from a bunch of different viewing decks up high or right on top of the stage. So you're literally not missing out on a single bit of the action. Such a cool layout. Love seeing shows here. Love the staff. Love the shows that they put on. Check out their upcoming list of shows at comeandtakeitlive.com and tip your bartenders. So Ayaterra forms in 2012, 2015. You have your first studio album release, Full Circle, with award-winning producer J.P. Hesser and debuted at number four on the reggae charts on iTunes, 12 on the Billboard reggae charts. But besides tracking and having obviously huge first release, fill in that timeline for us. Like, what was your life like? What did you care about? What was the music about for you during that time? Um, great question. Kind of, kind of everything. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, good. <laughs> kind of everything. I mean, that's it's it's really weird, like how you age from like twenty to thirty. It can be a monumental shift, you know. So Ayaterra started, yeah, 2012, 2013 ish, and I think I was twenty years old. I just moved to California. I was working at a fucking sandwich shop and going to. Uh, I was working at Jersey Mike's. Shout out Jersey Mike's and. And I was going to community college and uh, I had like, I had always loved reggae. Right. Um, And 
around that time when I started the reggae band, uh, it really just took hold of my life because it it became like priority number one to like be this reggae band. So that's really when I took the deep dive into studying the roots of reggae and um, just learning everything I I could about the genre and the culture. And um, that's, that's a heavy, uh, a heavy task because like reggae music has been around for many generations, you know, and um, it's a very sacred music kind of in the way that, that metal music is, you know, people, people live and die by it. Um, and it's also attached to religion too, because of Rastafarianism. Right. So it's, um, it's, it's a heavy genre of music to get into. So when we first started, like I said, I had always loved this American genre of music since I was in high school, the stoner stuff, the sublime stuff. But when we decided to start the reggae band, my bass player and I started doing deep dives into the genre and listening to like Peter Tosh, Gregory Isaacs, Dennis Brown, and the guys that really pioneered it alongside with obviously Bob Marley and, um, you know, guys from the sixties, seventies, eighties, and these different generations of reggae music. And, um, so we were just head first in that, in that vibe and, um, learned as much as we could. And that's kind of the sound that we wanted to emulate too, but we were just terrible at it. Um, <laughs> We, you know, we were trying to emulate a true Jamaican sound because we had fallen so deep in love with the the roots of reggae music. And so we were, we were studying it and that's what we were trying to emulate. So my message at the time was, uh, there was a lot of like Rastafarian stuff in there, even though I was just this like 20 year old white kid from California, you know, but I had fallen so in love with this genre of music. And um, as the years progress, start to mature and start to really find my own voice within the genre to where I can still pay respect to the original and foundational artists of the genre. But I'm also creating finally like this, my own sound and my own voice within the space of reggae music. Um, and so I like to think that I'll bring an original element to it as opposed to just emulating those artists that I love, you know? So th that includes blending genres that I love like metal and hardcore and stuff into reggae, because we've always kind of had this dynamic where we're like a reggae band, but we like have, guitar riffs which is not that common in reggae it's more and more common these days but when we started we were very guitar riff forward you know and that's kind of become our identity but the message has changed and it's just become more authentic to me and more original and unique to me i would say well and i just love your talent and like being freshly kind of exposed to your music it's so impressive oh, and exciting thank you and really not knowing a lot about the genre at all yeah. And it's so like fun and exciting yeah. to hear your music and just be completely blown away with what you're able to do with it. Oh, thanks. It's, That's so kind. It's so uniquely like, oh, wow. And just the little isms of like what you add to it. Right. I feel like it's nothing I've ever heard before. And it's really exciting. Cool. Well, thank and you. Very like surprising and wonderful and feels good. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of like a crazy, it was funny, I had kind of a crazy work day and I was like running around and I was like, oh, doing my makeup. And then I was like, put on like, I was like, put on music real quick while you're doing your makeup. And I kept finding music. It was like, oh, what are we trying to do? Hurt our own feelings? Don't listen to that. And I was just <laughs> right. going through like, it's like, that song sucks. We don't want that. And then I was like, oh, put on Ayaterra. And right. I'd been listening to it to get ready for the podcast I put on. And I just like, my whole body relaxed. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Oh. It's weird, man. Music really does. Impact, it impacts our mood, you know? And I think it's really fucking cool that um, a lot of people's eyes are opening up to reggae just because like when my, when my videos started popping off, the algorithm sent it strictly to metal people. Like it's all it is. Oh, so, really? 
it's tight <laughs> as fuck because I already had all the organic reggae followers just because, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but I dropped the Die Artist Murder cover and the wheels just started turning. Like Instagram just gave it the green light. And all of a sudden I was like, holy fuck. Like, there's like all these followers coming in. Like it's going up mm-hmm. like hundreds of thousands of views and shit. And so it, I, apparently something triggered to where it just sent it to all metal people. And still to this day, it's been about a month since my videos went viral. And um, it's really fucking cool, man. Cause it's all rock and metal people. And most of the comments I'm seeing are like, I don't listen to any reggae at all, but I, I really like this sound. Like, would you recommend some bands or, you know, or people being like, I didn't think I would ever like reggae. Cause I've heard Bob Marley and it's not my thing, you know, but I like, surprised by the fact that maybe they could be into other kinds of music and that's just fucking cool to me you know absolutely and it's only been a month i feel like you've been going viral on top of viral on top of viral the first for a one long hit, time the first one hit on december 28th that was the first one i was at the gym i was listening to thy what? art yeah december 28th so like literally just over a month and i at the gym listening to thy art and i was like you know what because i have been i've been doing music reels for a long time for a couple of years and um none of them ever really cracked off until i did that thy art one and then it was like and then i was like i guess i'm the fucking metal rock cover guy because it's it's really fucking cool too because that gives me a lane that like i really truly enjoy it's where i come from and so i think the universe just kind of conspired to be like this is what the people are going to enjoy like thank the fucking lord it's something that i truly enjoy too because I don't know what would have happened if I would have got if my Post Malone cover popped off because like, yeah, I love Post Malone, but like I can't just cover hip hop stuff. I'm not that guy. I don't come from the hip hop world, but I do come from the metal world, you know? So it's so surprising because I was trying to figure out like I was scrolling, 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 like mm-hmm. all the way down your profile last night. And I was trying to figure out like when you first started posting your covers. So when did you start posting them? Yeah, I've been posting covers for over a year, but I just always was doing random shit. So I would admit, like, I would do an acoustic version of a Miranda Lambert song, not reggae at all, just me covering mm-hmm. Miranda Lambert or like um, different different shit. You know, I did a turnstile acoustic cover, um, a couple Post Malone ones, uh, some different country pop, like that kind of shit. Um, but like I said, nothing really ever hit until I did the reggae production of a Thy Art is Murder song. And then I was like, all right, sick. Like that re- that resonated with people, you know? So Ayaterra has had an insane amount of success. Like you guys are a huge, very well-known band in the genre. Like you guys are big. Like you <laughs> guys are very well-known, like very well-loved, very popular. You know, it's not like you're starting out. You guys have you know, started out well-established and have only gotten more popular. Thank you. Yeah. So you guys are that band for sure. Um, So talk about the other albums and just kind of what those albums meant for you guys kind of as you've grown. Cool. Um, Well, yeah, thanks for that. It's been, it's been a hell of a journey for sure with Ayaterra because we definitely started as just little kids, you know, 20 years old. And we were going to all the reggae shows and just studying the bands and telling them, yeah, we're going to open for you guys one day. And lo and behold, like every single fucking band that we told that to brought us out on tour eventually, you know? Wow. Uh, yeah. It's been fucking cool, dude. All our favorite bands and shit. When we were starting out, uh, we would go to their shows and be like, dude, mark my words. And then three years later, the offer would come in to go on tour with them and stuff. So it's been really cool. Um, but it, definitely was no overnight success we've been touring for a long fucking time 10 years and um playing to two people to then playing to 50 people to a couple hundred and you know a couple thousand and doing all this shit but um yeah the albums 
the first two we recorded out in Ventura um, with a guy yeah, with J.P. Hesser. He produced a lot of the, the early Iration stuff, and that's how we found them. Those ones are special to me because they were so organic. I mean, it was just we were a three-piece band at the time, and we would go to the studio and just record these songs that we had written in the garage, you know? Um, and then with our record, Sacred Sound, that came out in 2017, that was kind of the one that really struck off like a lot of the success for us. And it was cool because it was self-produced. That was right when we were all learning to produce and record music. So the band invested in some recording gear and all of us kind of knew a little bit just from writing songs at home and stuff. But we all put our heads together and we came out with Sacred Sound. Um, and and yeah, that one was that that really set off kind of everything we did our first nationwide tour after that one dropped um the day it dropped was the first day of that tour and it was 10 weeks on the road and uh that was where we played like every city in the u.s for the first time so special special times special memories attached to sacred sound and then the next one coming to light uh i produced pretty much on my own with my buddy big g uh, brought the guys in to play their parts and things like that but that one was made all on my old macbook computer and you know it it did great too it went to number one and um, all that jazz. And then the most, that was 2019. And then the most recent one using grace, uh, is a special one to us as well, because it was the first one that we've tracked live since those first two, it wasn't made on a laptop. We went to a studio, uh, Imperial sound studios in San Diego, our buddy Ian Young has become one of my best friends. He's one of the best reggae producers in the fucking world, uh, produced the record for us. And we tracked it like 85% of it tracked it live, all of us just playing the songs. And then we overdubbed a couple of things, but um, that one's special because I think one thing about our band uh, that's always been cool is like our live energy. Um, like speaking about Mitch and stuff, that's always, he's been such an inspiration to me, not just musically, but like frontman wise too. I've always wanted to be one of those commanding frontmen that gets on stage and just like, I've double stomped on stage and owed to Mitch a lot. You know what I mean? People are like surprised to see that kind of shit in reggae because we'll do like breakdowns and we'll do metal shit a lot in our live set. Although it's not on our albums, we let loose live because I feel like it's about the show and you want to be explosive and like bring this energy. So we've always embraced that live. Um, and we've, we always struggled to capture that energy on a record. And so that was the goal with ease and grace was to like track it live, play it like it's a fucking show to see if we can capture some lightning in a bottle. And I don't know if we got it a hundred percent, but it's the closest we've ever gotten, you know? Um, but the journey continues for sure to like capture that kind of energy on an album. Well, that makes so much sense to me and being yeah. a metal person myself, I'm just like, well, how else, you know, could you uh even perform without that Not too, jump man. that you're like how else yeah. could you how else could you get out there and do it how Honestly, else could you walk like, on stage and not do that look at bob marley man like bob marley was just as emotional and passionate and intense on stage as mitch was it was just a different genre of music but if you watch bob playing at these these festivals I mean, his whole body's shaking, you know? He's dancing with his whole body and every fucking lyric, he's singing with 110% emotion, just like Mitch did. It's just a different world of genres, you know? But you got to put your all into it as a performer. So yeah. quick question. This is kind of funny for you. So typically singers are about lyrics, right. but, you know, like music, you know, guitar players are more about the music than they are the lyrics. The singers yeah. are more into the lyrics. But with your kind of music, it's such a feeling type of music. It's such a feeling genre. Yeah. So would you say that you put more stock into lyrics or music? Like when you're in your own music, like when you're feeling it, do you feel the music more? Or do you feel the words more? Right. 
Great question. Um, I think it probably varies on a song to song basis. There's definitely some songs that I'm like going to focus more on the lyrics and then some songs that I'm going to focus more on the music and the guitar and and the technicality of the music. Uh, I don't think I could necessarily pick one or the other. So what are some of the lyrics that are most important to you that you're proudest of that Mm. you believe in most? Yeah, that's a funny, that's a, that's a great way to phrase it is what you believe in most. Cause as we approach this 10 years as a band thing, uh, songs hit different, you know, and there's a lot of the songs that we, not a lot of the songs, but there's some of the songs that we still perform that I'm like, okay, like I'm, I still embody this to an extent, but like, I remember where, who I was when I wrote this and I'm not that guy anymore, but there's certain songs that hold true now, which I still like firmly believe in, you know? And so there's a song that we have called stars. Um, and that's, that's one of the songs that are like, no matter how many times I sing it and stuff, I'm always going to embody who I was when I wrote that song too. Cause I mean, the song is just about kind of striving to be a better person and, um, learning from all the twists and turns in your life. And even if you don't know where you're going, just keep going. And, you know, there's something guiding you to like your destination. Um, so tunes like that, I'm, I feel like I'll always believe in for sure. You know, so you're saying you're another incubus. <laughs> I love Incubus, my wife's favorite band. You said something a while back and I forgot to ask about it. So Rastafarianism? Yes. How do you say it? Yeah, yeah, Rastafarianism. Okay, per- okay, good. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> That's good. That was good. Okay, good. Yeah. So is that a religion? I didn't know it was a religion. Yeah, yeah, it's a religion. Yeah. Okay, so what do they believe in and like what is that lifestyle and what is that about? Um, I'm definitely going to be probably like one of the worst sources to describe this. Uh, I'm better not, you than me. Right. That's probably true. Um, <laughs> I'm not a Rastafarian. <laughs> um, I know a lot of Rastafarians just obviously playing music and stuff. I've made friends with a ton of Jamaicans, toured with bands from Jamaica, Europe, all over the place. Um, my very generic, I'm not a religious person at all, but in my very general understanding, I be, they believe that Haile Selassie, who was the emperor of Ethiopia in the 1900s, was the second coming of Christ because he did a lot to repatriate um, Africans and Africa and unite Africa as a continent. Um, so they, I'm, Rastafarians firmly believe that Haile Selassie, the emperor of Ethiopia, was the second coming of Christ. Um, I, I believe that's like the foundation of the religion, you know? got it and how do they practice um you know i don't know meditation uh prayer there's a like a, a thing called a naya bingi as like a drum circle and and through music and things like that okay and then stupid question i'm sure right. i'm sure all of these are questions you know um so like the red and the yellow and the green does yeah. that have to do with rastafarianism well it's the flag of ethiopia colors Okay. So it's separate. So it's like more about those flag colors instead of like, it doesn't have anything to do with that religion. A lot of people call it Rasta colors, you know, but uh, it's, well, if it's all connected because it's the flag of Ethiopia, Haile Selassie, who was thought to be the second coming of Christ was the emperor of Ethiopia. And um, so it's all kind of intertwined, you know, but it's funny because red, gold, and green, a lot of people think it's a Jamaican flag and the Jamaican flag is just green and yellow. There's no red. See, and if like we didn't ask these questions, we wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably the worst. So, so I apologize if anyone's like, that's not what the foundation of Rasta is. I'm telling you right now, I am not the right source for it, but I'll give you my general understanding. No, but that's so much more than like most of us listening would ever know or mm-hmm. ever assume or understand 
Right. Or not there Happy to us. help. It's definitely something really fucking cool too. That um, you know, there's an entire genre of music that was essentially founded with this with this religion, right? So there's so much dope music around Rastafarianism as a religion and just the culture in Jamaica and reggae music and Rasta and all this stuff. It's such a cool road to like go down and just experience. And like, there's so much good music to be found in the world. So if anybody has a hankering to like learn more about it, I just, I definitely recommend going and listening to some of those bands from Jamaica, you know, the wailing souls and um, bands like that, that are just Israel vibration and bands like that, who are like Rastafarian reggae bands, very cool world to like step into and great music. So let's talk your clothing company, Crossheart Clothing. Cross Not Cursed is a beautiful message on some of your new designs. I really like those. The clothing company, you started with your wife in January of 2022, and you guys are killing it. What would you say your design aesthetic is? What inspires your designs? Because I really like them a lot. Oh, thanks. Um, a lot of it, it's funny how things work out, man, and how everything kind of is intertwined because a lot of it is um me kind of like they're all very like metal and tattoo rock culture kind of style merch because that's what I like to wear I've always liked to wear that kind of stuff and I've always really enjoyed that um so it was kind of just a another cool way for my wife and I to express our interests um while obviously being in the reggae genre and that's kind of our world you know but to be able to be like yo like there's more to us than just that like this is the style that we really love like wife and I are both pretty heavily tattooed and um both love metal and hardcore and emo music and so like we wanted a way to kind of like express ourselves through um through clothing and stuff so it's been really fucking cool because now you go to reggae concerts and you go to festivals and shit and everyone's wearing like a lot of people are wearing crossed heart and there's like fucking grim reapers and skulls and like cool shit out there and i'm like it's nice that the reggae community has been open to it too because they're just like you know what like our whole mission is kind of just like make rad clothes make fun clothes and and um express yourself and be you you know Absolutely. And I love the fire tiger. That was one of my favorite designs. I saw that. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I love that one. Yeah. And you guys are pretty like pro kitty cat as a brand. You've got two cats at home. Yeah. What are your cats names? Like what are their personalities like? So the one that's on the t-shirt, that's our cat wonton. Um, Funny name. Got it. Thank you. He's (laughs) our little Siamese guy. Um, He's our seal point, like traditional looking Siamese cat. And um that is that's a cool shirt i'm actually wearing it right now but it's uh it's him with a dagger and it says humans whatever cats forever Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's kind of funny because he's like the most scarediest cat in the entire world like he wouldn't really hurt a fly he would just like run and be scared of it Um, but i definitely yeah i wanted a like a traditional tattoo of like an angry like vicious cat warrior so he that's him that's wonton and then we have our beautiful little precious angel sweet soul child Susie, who's like a permanent kitten. Uh, she just won't grow like bigger than um, a kitten, and she's so sweet. And she has human eyes, and she she's one of those. She's like a creature that you look at, and you're just like, you don't have a bad bone in your body. Like you've never thought a negative thought. You're just like, be like, I look at her, and in her head, there's like little unicorns and like dancing bears and like shit like that. She's just my sweet little Disney princess girl. Oh, I yeah. love that. So, oh, and then one other design I really liked a lot was the Better Days tea. Oh, yeah. On your web- website, it's like hippie, bubblegum, princess, happy, happy, joy, joy, cute t-shirt. I yeah. love that one. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I like the yeah. different dynamics of like having like the like the kind of dark shit and then stuff like that too, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah. It's really, it's really pretty. It's very summery. Yeah. And pretty. Yeah. You know, when you don't want to be so hard all the time, just yeah. Like, very pretty. people like our most of our shirts are all black t-shirts right because it's like what we like to wear um so we're like let's just do a fucking white one because we have a shirt called sunshine and rainbows but it's got like a fucking skull with like rasta colors bleeding out of its eyes and like it's kind of kind of a darker design so we're like let's do one that's actually like a little happy like if sunshine and rainbows wasn't kind of like contradictory it's still like a happy design you know yeah absolutely I have some friends who are actually starting their own clothing line in yeah. San Antonio right now. Any advice, I, things that you've like learned? Um, don't give up, dude. Cause um, it, you gotta hit it every, like you gotta be excited about it every fucking day. Cause if you're not excited about it, no one else is going to give a fuck. Like, you know, it's the same way with music. Like there's so many clothing companies and clothing and like, so many bands and artists like if you're if you don't if you're not obsessed with your shit you can't expect anybody else to be interested in it you know so it's like we started about a year ago and like i see a lot of my friends that start clothing companies or whatever people that i know that start clothing companies really excited about it at first but then realize that not every day you're gonna sell fucking five grand some days you're gonna sell zero some days you're gonna sell one t-shirt and to not get discouraged and still wake up the next day and be like have you seen our designs? They're fucking sick. You've got to be posting about it constantly. Like you're excited. Like it, you got to love it, you know, because it's very easy to be like, have six months worth of excitement about your, whatever project it is, this, in this case, clothing company, but to be really excited about it for six months. And then that eventually dwindles. Like you got to fucking turn that excitement out of yourself six months in still, you know? What a quote. Isn't that <laughs> yeah. a soundbite that'll live forever? Wasn't that like one of the most inspiring things you've ever yeah. heard? That's true though, dude. There's days yeah. when I'm like, I don't know what to post, man. I'm like, I'm out of content. Like, no, you're not. Just try harder. <laughs> Be creative. Be creative. You know what I mean? Like, because I post every day on the Crosstart account. And, you know, so it's it's a lot of work just trying to always find content and trying to get content that can get people to engage and like be excited and be thought provoking and ultimately lead them towards the close. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Well, and the Instagram is so good. Good job. No, thanks. Like it looks awesome. Like I'm a social media manager. It's my day job. Awesome. So just looking at that, it is so well done. And you do such a great job on the content for it. So good for you. Like it is so hard to do a a good job and you guys do such a good job with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's get to these oh-so-viral, boundary-breaking, inspiring covers of yours. When I say Uh, inspiring, I mean it. Because for anyone who's into rock or metal, imagining our music the way you represent it through reggae and your music, now that you've told us, it really does blow your mind and open up what is possible in the world. The way you sing the covers really changes the meaning of the songs a lot of the times. Like I think especially with the Lame of God and the Slipknot one. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of change the meaning of the songs, right? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like it's such a different delivery. Um, the Lamb of God one, I think you hit the nail on the head because I didn't even, dude, I've been listening to Lamb of God for so fucking long. I've listened to everybody's heard laid to rest a million times. I never really knew what he was saying in the chorus when he, when he's saying like, um, destroy yourself and uh, control yourself and things like that. And it's like, when you sing it, even just singing it instead of screaming it, it it's, it hits so different. You know what I mean? 
It's because those lyrics are meant to be screamed for sure. If you're saying like, yeah. see who gives a fuck, like it's so heavy and it's so in your face. So just singing it already just puts shines such a different light on it, you know? Well, it's so true. And like, I can hear Randy screaming it. Like I can yeah. hear that song in my head right now. Same. But really like the main, like the part of that song I like, like you said, is see who gives a fuck. Such like a that's fun. kind of like the payoff. And it's it just is. like, you kind of just get through all like scream, scream, scream. And then when he says that, it's like, oh, that's like. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the think... whole, that's the whole lead up for the whole thing. But then it's such a beautiful, like triumphant and just like self, you know, just like looking at yourself, like kind of yeah. message. It's so different. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I got goosebumps when you said that. That line is so fucking heavy, dude. The big one too, at towards the end of the song, when it slows down, it's like, see who gives a fuck. So good. I want to go to a show so bad. Dude, they're the fucking goats. I'm such a lamb of God guy. I, I have so much admiration and respect for a band like that. Who has stayed together for so long and put out so much good shit. Like I'm buzzing right now. It's so funny. Like I have a good guy friend who he's toured with. It's actually very funny. Like we apparently have known each other, like since he worked for Hell Yeah. But one of my good guy friends, he is the drum tech for art oh, yeah. of Lamb of God. So he started hooking me up for like all their shows. And nice. Like, nice. Oh, it's just like kind of larger than life. Oh my God. Epic. It's really cool to see bands that have stayed together become so big because like my wife and I went to go see a day to remember um, in October and I haven't seen a day to remember since we used to open for them back in Vegas, like right when for those who have heart came out and they were all kids. They were probably like 22 or something. If I had to guess they were playing at our local club for, you know, 350 people or something. I mean, it was packed. It was sold out, but it was like still 350, 400 people or something. And uh, we just we just went and watched them uh, with the Ghost Inside and the Used and Movements at fucking Five Points Amphitheater, which is a huge like eight thousand capacity amphitheater. And I'm just like, it's so fucking cool, especially for a guy like me who was so involved in the scene and then like w- branched into another scene. So I kind of wasn't paying attention to what was going on in heavy music for a number of years, and then I got drawn back to it. Um, come back and see like where this music has led for bands like that. Same with August Burns Red, like to watch them still fucking killing it and like just ex- expanding the fan base. And I mean, Kill Switch Engage and like the bands that stuck it out, man. It's so amazing to see bands that did clubs now do amphitheaters. So that genre, like bring me the horizon and data. Remember? Yeah. I was kind of super into death metal. Like yeah. I was really getting into that. And like you said, I wasn't paying attention to these bands. Right. And I just started paying attention to them. Um, who's like, oh, don't kill me. The Ronnie Radke band. Ronnie Radke. Uh, falling in reverse. Okay. So even then, so like falling in reverse, I swear to God, I haven't been paying attention. I was just like death metal, death metal, death metal. Oh, they're fucking huge. I know. So it's <laughs> all this big shit I wasn't paying attention to. Yeah. And it's like, oh. So oh, Ronnie. So, um, yeah. Ronnie comes from a band called Escape the Fate, which is the literally like the hometown heroes of Las Vegas. They're they're from the same town I am. And um it's crazy like you're saying, like to see how big they've gotten because I remember back in the day, 
um, when they first started blowing up and the bass player of escape the fate, Max green was actually my old band's manager for like three or four years. And then Ronnie had his whole thing. He went to jail. He got out of jail. He started falling in reverse and to see our little Vegas guy, like turn into like the king of this rock, this new rock shit has been really fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Like seeing anybody successful makes me so fucking happy. Same. And I love success. And like, I love stadiums and I love to see anybody like make, play big festivals, like right. make us make great money. Right. Like that makes me really excited for people. Like I was in Vegas a few months back and we already, I already paid whatever my friend wanted to do the birthday DJ thing. Yeah. It's not music I like, but I smiled and was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we were at this stupid club with like people excited about, you know, EDM. It's just not my thing. And yeah. I like Same. went to the bathroom and like, just trying to get back to where I was. They wanted me to pay an extra 60 bucks to oh, like God. get access to back where I was standing. And I was just like, I hate all of this. And there were definitely people in there who had paid like two grand to get in that night and stand like oh, six yeah. feet to the left of me. And yeah. I was like, this is so stupid. And I want more money for <laughs> everyone in my industry. Like, right. Right. There's right. so many people making so much fucking money. Like EDM, they make so much fucking money. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm not of that genre, but I would just like to see, you know, my friends who have been playing guitar for 20 years and yeah. drumming and singing yeah. and playing fucking clubs make a like fuck you money. I know. From like a night in Vegas. That would make me so fucking happy. It's gonna ha- it's starting to happen for the first time in our fucking lives. You know what I mean? Cuz like we are watching bands like falling in reverse, love them or hate them. They're controversial. Some people think it's cheesy. Some people love it. They're paved. They're the genre. They're the bridge. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're the bridge. Cause there's just kids that are falling in love with falling in reverse who are eventually going to fucking listen to infant annihilator. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're just, that's their in, you know? Yeah. And it is so, it is so true. Like you were saying, like I wasn't paying attention and this, and yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I know I wasn't paying attention. And now it's like, like, I really love bear tooth. But right. like I didn't really go after them, so it's like this kind of like side genre that I haven't really gone after, and now I need to like make myself big to those people. But it's right. like, oops, there's this like, oh, there's, there's so much good this, music out there, man. There's this massive thing happening over there, and I really like that. And who's that? And oh shit, yeah. that's a really good song. Like wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's very, things. it is very funny. Uh, still being passionate and still going, Oh, Hey, what have I been missing out here? This is cool. Right. And it just shows that you're still passionate and you still care. Totally. And it's still exciting, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I did want to talk about the Slipknot cover because yeah. the way, like, how do you sing the eyes part? You like, because it's such a heavy, like that's, you know, see who gives a fuck. Yeah. It's like the payoff for that song. Right. In duality. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. nailed it like the payoff <laughs> that was scary that was scary I'm not it. a singer but no, the payoff in that song is oh, you know and yeah. then the way that you did it was soft and introspective and it wasn't even like it was like self-discovery not like punch you in the face right and it did give it a whole other meaning I thought that's fucking cool, dude. It's, it's crazy because it was never my intention to like give the lyrics to other meaning. I think it's just um, we've been listening to this music for so long and it's become ingrained in us. Like like all metal people know duality, you know, we know mm-hmm. the one way we hear it. So just hearing it in a different way and stuff. Um, 
it shifts, I think, our own perspective on the song, you know, which is fucking cool. We've been seeing it in one way for so long and then you hear it in a different way. You go, oh, I never thought of it like that, you know, but definitely was never my intention. I was like, I just think I could make a cool like version of this, you know? Yeah, well, I just think it's really beautiful and I just think it's really lovely and pretty. Oh, thanks. So that's just my, like, I don't know if you are like recreating the songs, but some people could come and say like, hey, don't do that. But just to me, it changes it. And I'm very into meditation and relaxing and been taking a lot of naps and just really taking care of myself. And it's very soothing. And so maybe like, I don't know if you really are changing, you know, let's be, let's be careful here. Cause you're right. Some people could get offended by that. Oh, fuck them. If they get offended, there's worse things in the world. Yeah. But to me, it's just like really beautiful and calming Yeah, and so interesting. I think we listen to it from where we're at, you know, so like you said, you're getting yeah. into like meditation and like, um, like, and self-care and relaxing and stuff. So like you, you, it's like, it resonates with that part of you, which is cool. You're so, yes, precisely. Yeah. You figure it out. Which is funny. Cause yeah, like yeah. a reggae person will listen to that. Like someone who loves reggae and be like, this is so heavy. Like, I don't, <laughs> this, this is not reggae. Like, where's the yeah. reggae? Like it's, it's weird. If reggae people watch it, they're like, where's the reggae? And if metal people watch it, like the haters, like there's just hate. It's either not reggae enough for the reggae people or not rock enough for the rock people. So it's like, um, the sound is very odd. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sound is very odd. Oh, so sold out. Ghost, Cradle of Filth, Typo Negative, just a few awesome fully licensed band collabs that are always coming out on rockabilia.com. The biggest online merch store, period. I love their collection of tie-dye, oversized tees, and pro tip, because you're going to need this, use the search bar for quick band merch lookup, because they literally have every band. And for a discount, use code SCANDALOUS for 15% off. Again, it's SCANDALOUS for 15% off at rockabilia.com, S-C-A-N-D-A-L-O-U-S. Yeah, so how did you start picking your covers? And I know there's been I mean, there's so many cool stories. Like I know a lot of bands have been, you know, into what you're doing and they've been giving you props and some bands have even requested that you do their covers. So tell me about that. Uh, Well, it all started with the Die Artist Murder one. And I never thought I would end up doing strictly like rock goes reggae. Um, Because like I said, I was doing like a lot of just music that I listened to before country, hip hop, rock, whatever. Um. But yeah, it started with the Die Artist Murder one and that one really resonated. And I think there's a whole audience of people out there that are wishing that I just do like Deathcore Goes Reggae, which is fucking awesome. I love Deathcore. Um, but my I, I love all music, but I love that there's also another part of the audience that wants the Emo Goes Reggae. And then there's another part of the audience that wants like New Metal Goes Reggae. Like so many people wanting Deftones and Corn and Disturbed and like the more New Metal type shit, you know? Um, but... I'm happy you asked because it kind of all leads to this one place in September. I scheduled four weeks. Uh, we have a busy life with the touring and the family and all this shit. Gave myself four weeks to finish a cover album. This was back in September. Um, and it's pop punk goes reggae. So it's like pop punk and emo goes reggae. It's a 16 song album, uh, that I was going to do in four weeks. It ended up taking me six weeks, but it's being mixed and mastered right now. We're in that process. Um, so that's kind of what kicked it all off for me with like really zoning in on the covers. Um, have a buddy named Cass Haley who is kind of doing what I do, but he's doing, he's a bit, he's from Texas. He's a big country. Uh, he grew up on country, fell in love with reggae 20 years ago. So he's kind of like building a bridge between country and reggae the way that I'm kind of building one between rock and reggae. Um, 
and he's doing a country cover record and he's doing the same thing as me on Instagram. We have the same manager. He blew the fuck up. He, I, I called him to congratulate him. He was like, dude, you should do it. If you're working on this cover record, I'm like, let's go, man. We're going all in. So I started doing all these covers. Right. Um, but it's been really cool that it hit because like you kind of, you can't pay for this kind of marketing. You know what I mean? Like the virality, like everyone wants to say, yeah, just give us 20 bucks for a mark or $20,000 for, um, for a marketing deal or whatever the fuck it is. But just making cool shit that people are going to resonate with is the coolest way to market yourself, man. Just being authentic and putting out fun content that people are really going to enjoy. So it's really cool for me that it all started taking off because I invested a month and a half of my life into making this record back in the, in the fall. So I'm, uh, it's almost ready to drop hopefully in the next couple of months. And um, it'll be really cool to follow up all of this weird social media shit that's been going on. That's incredible. Yeah. Yay. Well, that is, I mean, good for you. Some music business side yeah. wise. Yeah. That's going to be so like Ayaterra is already like big in their own right. Right. That's huge. You have this clothing company that you're filling it with and that's really good, but that is going to make so much money. Okay. <laughs> like I was talking, well, not talking, you know, whatever. We'll People see don't that. like money, we'll but but covers like cover bands make more than touring bands sometimes yeah most of the time so like cover bands make a lot of money they make more money than like bands coming through sometimes yeah and people are like willing to give like cover bands more of a guarantee sometimes yeah it's crazy than other like you know uh original bands so think- it's just going to be so popular i think and it's just i feel like it's going to catapult you to so many people well thank you i i I agree i think i think that it might and it's cool for like a couple of reasons too because a lot of people like i said the algorithm is kind of sending it to all rock people right so like a lot of people are like dude can i get some suggestions of reggae bands that i should listen to i never knew i would like this genre um and it's cool because i brought in uh like 15 of my favorite reggae singers to sing on the album so i'm only singing on two songs and the rest are sung by all different reggae artists i produced the whole record i made all the music and arranged it and then i brought in the singers and they're all singing it so the album is going to be the answer to the question that the internet's been asking of what bands should i listen to because you all you have to do is look at the track list and it'll tell you who from what band you know what i mean and so if you like that guy's voice on your Jimmy Eat World cover or your Yellow Card cover or whatever it may be, go check out his band and you know you might just find a new favorite band in, in a new genre. And, and I feel like I had lack of a better word, you know, when I was trying to explain that. But for people who don't know, like that is going to open you up to right. so many audiences that you wouldn't have otherwise. Well, thanks. So that yeah, it already has been. So it's- exciting. That's so yeah. exciting. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You said it already has. So I did want to be funny and ask like, what's your like highest performing post? Like how viral have you gone? Like how, how big was right. the reach? How many views, how many downloads, how many saves, shares? The Slipknot one? Without a doubt, dude, it just hit 2 million yesterday. Um, wow. Yeah. It's fucking bananas. And it's so crazy, dude. Cause I did that with the, the Thy Art is Murder one was the first one that took off. And so I'm like, all right, I got to follow it up. So the next day I made the Slipknot one and that's the one that really like catapulted it all. I feel like it's still kind of been feeding like the rest of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the other ones, like the Lamb of God one is about to hit a million. Um, wow. No yeah. big deal. Dude, I fucking, it's weird. It's weird. 
You're no. about to hit a million and here you are just sitting here like a perfectly normal human being and uh, dude, on a podcast. It doesn't change anything. <laughs> That's the fucking weird part, you know? Like if anything, uh-huh. it's like you have to fuck you have to focus 10 times as harder to not be as consumed with it because trust and believe, man, I've been using social media as a tool for my businesses, whether it be music or clothing or whatever, for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I never went viral. And like that first week was so like sensory overload. It was weird, dude. Cause it's like all this positive shit, but then also negative shit. And you're like, you have to learn how to like, um, how much you're going to ingest of it. And then how to deal with like both the positive and the negative. And like that first week was kind of just a whirlwind. Cause my wife was just like, babe, like you're on your phone. And I'm just like, I can't let this fucking haters comment stay up there. You know, like that kind of shit. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. You learn, yeah. you learn like, you know, we all know who we are, right? That's the goal. But then like, who are you when you're going viral? Like, do you succumb to that shit or do you like mm-hmm. just treat it as, because in reality, fucking nothing fucking changes at all in my life. Other yeah. than the fact that my phone's like notifications all the time. But like, other than that real day-to-day life, I go to the grocery store, same shit everything's exactly the same. You know what I mean? It just feels (laughs) different. Like, cause reality is what's in front of us. It's not what's on our phone, but, um, yeah, you gotta, it's like balanced diet, man. I try not to fucking be consumed with that shit. You know, I just post my covers and engage a little bit and call it a day. Well, balance is key. Cause like I'm buzzing right now. Like I feel like buzzing with excitement for you right now. No, thanks. It is. It's very, uh, you know, it's intoxicating, you know, your success and just like everything that's happening for you. And it's exciting and it's so different and fun. It's fun. And as long as it's fun, I'm here for it. This podcast is produced by me, edited by Taylor Anderson. If you want to support the show, share it with a friend or rate and review on iTunes. It helps so much with the growth of the show. Really does. You can follow me on Instagram at scandalsofficial. And if you're interested in being a podcast sponsor or have any feedback for the show, you can email me directly at press at scandalsofficial.com. Mm-hmm.